1: And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out. Who did they kill? It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery
2: shows, and I often thought about calling, because I was like, this is this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything?
1: I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to hear the entire season right now ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcasts show page, or on pushkin.fm slash Plus.
2: Locked and loaded, the American Patriot rally took to the steps
3: of the state capitol today.
0: In a world gone haywire, sometimes art is the only thing that can make sense of it all.
1: The Georgia 3%ers say they are strictly a defensive force.
0: Yeah, right. I'm Ashley Ford, and this is The Chronicles of Now, where we ask writers to dream up short stories inspired by the news. There are more than
1: 500 militia groups in the U.S.
0: Right-wing militias and vigilante groups have been part of the American landscape for decades. Black Lives Matter! But a recent movement seems to have focused their attention.
1: We're here to demand liberty!
0: Those in attendance are Trump voters, Angry at the ongoing lawlessness across America and threatening to take matters into their own hands. At a time of uncertainty, some law enforcement officials have even blessed or turned a blind eye to armed militias upset about Black Lives Matter. Recently, a sheriff in Florida made news when he issued an unusual statement.
1: Daniels vows that he will deputize regular citizens who have gun permits to help his department respond, should violent protests break out in Clay County?
0: It wouldn't be the first time vigilantes have taken matters into their own hands.
3: Did the West Bank turn into the Wild West in the days following Hurricane
0: Katrina? How
3: many people you shoot? 38.
0: 38 people.
1: Trayvon Martin, an unarmed black teenager, was shot down by a white neighborhood watchman this who claimed... This cell phone video captures the final moments of Ahmad Arbery's life while he was jogging through this Brunswick...
3: There's Jordan. something about oh, no, we're about to lose this power.
0: Dantil W. Moniz is the author of a forthcoming collection of stories, Milk, Blood, Heat. Her story here explores what life might be like in a deputized America.
3: That This is fiction, but this is, like, a very real terror that has been going on in this country since its foundations.
2: Within hours of the press conference gun and ammo stores throughout the county sold out. Customizable metal badges, catering to that uniquely American appetite for playing cops and robbers, were back-ordered online until late October. Production shut down as it was during the plague, but one could still find the golden share of stars used for cowboys and Indians, and though slightly marring the illusion, They did in a pinch. Lawful gun owners, the sheriff had said. But even if there had been something to buy, the phrase wouldn't mean them. Not Jaya or her two brothers. And not her mother, who slept with a pink and silver Luger under her pillow, just in case things went bad in the night. Two weeks ago, A man was executed for unpaid parking tickets, and yesterday a toddler, who'd grabbed a pack of gum from a shelf at the Quick Mart, was shot as soon as his oblivious mother stepped outside the store with the child in her arms. Another one they'd heard about? She'd been doing nothing, daydreaming on a park bench, but they claimed they'd seen a weapon, and anyway. Wasn't it suspicious, the act of her sitting? information that these criminals were actually going to the federal... Uh, Anything without. could it's become a crime with the deputized on every corner. Places, watching in grocery stores, in car lots, and coffee shops. Shit like this only happens in backwoods cities. People outside the South were saying, Florida man, we don't do that here. They did that there, in Chicago, and New York, and L.A., The only difference was none of their elected officials got on the internet to sanction it. Clocking out of work that evening, Jaya was exhausted. It had been a stressful day at the store. They'd finally gotten in toilet paper and pasta, but there was relatively little meat, and the lines were still too long. No one was happy about anything. One deputized, prominent Adam's apple, no mask, went through her line twice. The first with two six-packs of light beer, a chicken tender sub, and a gallon of store-brand sweet tea. The second an hour later, for just a twix. Both times, his eyes on her intensely. The sky was streaked cantaloupe from the setting sun, the sidewalk still damp from rain. Jaya threw the disposable mask her employers had provided her into a wastebasket and put back on the cloth one she'd brought from home, a black mask with three bold white letters, BLM. Jaya, we have to be supportive of all our customers. We don't get political here. Her manager had said this with exaggerated patience. Blinking rapidly, her soft, spotted hands clasped at her chest. Life is what you make it, and our company policy centers on positive engagement. You understand, right? Jaya had looked past her as she spoke, toward the customer service counter, where two of her co-workers issued money orders and lotto tickets their lower faces covered by grayscale American flags with a thin blue line. Day after day, her manager never said anything to them. Jaya decided she wouldn't tell her mother about this. That morning, when she'd put the mask on, her mother had said, You're asking for trouble. Jaya put her head down, shouldered her tote, and began walking. She used to love this unoccupied time, the meditative space between leaving a destination and arriving someplace else, music strumming through her mind. But these days, she left her earbuds out, the walks instead, filled with static anxiety. Five blocks and she'd be outside her second brother's job where she would buy a smoothie and find a table and read until he got off. As much as they could, they walked home together. After a few minutes, Jaya felt something. An increase in intensity of the static tick-tick-ticking up her spine. She looked over her shoulder and saw, several feet back, the deputized man from her line. Her mother's instructions zipped through her head. If it happens to you, find somewhere safe. She quickened her pace, eyes darting toward the storefronts around her. A furniture boutique, a beauty parlor, a party shop. All shuddered. There was nowhere to duck inside. Jaya tried to calm her breath. She slid the metal nail file she always carried from her pocket and gripped it in her fist. As she rounded the corner of the next street, the deputized closed the distance between them, grabbing her arm and slinging her against the concrete wall of a closed Chinese takeout. Jaya heard music from across the street and locked eyes with a woman on her balcony, If you can't find a safe place, find a witness. After a moment, the woman looked away, picked up her portable speaker, and hurried inside. Once the sliding door closed, they were alone. He pressed Jaya hard against the wall and smiled, blocking her with his body, one hand flat against her chest, the other on his gun. His badge was plastic, likely a last resort purchased from the local dollar store. And briefly, she wondered what he'd done with the play cuffs it was surely packaged with. But it didn't matter what the badge was made of or that it was a toy. It only mattered that he believed in it. Do you know... He asked her, "'Why are you being detained?' He sounded so polite, so normal. He could have been saying, "'How are you today?' This common man with her heart beneath his hand. He let up on her and pulled the mask from her mouth. "'This?' he said, fingering the cloth. "'Well, it's defamation of character, plain and simple.' the same language they now used whenever a journalist was killed. She knew enough to know what happened next. If she was lucky, there might be outrage, a new hashtag on Twitter. And if she wasn't lucky, well... Jaya's hand tensed around the nail file. He wouldn't expect her to fight, which meant she must... In her head, her mother held her, said, Don't let them see you beg.
0: That was in Jame Kumara, narrating What We Make It by Dantil W. Moniz. Hi, Dantil.
3: Hi, Ashley.
0: The news hook for your story involves the sheriff of Clay County, Florida, near Jacksonville, who recently said he'd deputize every gun owner if his deputies couldn't handle Black Lives Matter protesters. I remember when that was said, and I remember a a distinct chill down my spine at hearing someone say that, I guess, out loud. What did you think when you first heard about that?
3: I mean, honestly, it froze me. I was looking and seeing the headline, and I thought— Wow, this is something that so many people feel. It already happens. There's vigilantes that, you know, neighborhood watch. If you look at something as simple as Trayvon Martin, that would have been a situation of a deputized person. But just to hear someone say it out loud and for whatever nefarious purposes, like, you know, this person is up for re-election. Oh, I'm going to get on the good side of these people. It just felt like that's a moment that needs to be looked at, to, that needs to be examined.
0: That sheriff... Daryl Daniels is himself a black man. Yeah. Yes. What do you make of a black law enforcement official appealing to gun owners in a Southern state?
3: So that is the other complicated part of the story that I chose not to, for the purposes of the story, you know, portray, but I felt as if it it made sense to me. It seems as you know, if this is someone who is in a county that upholds these kind of patriotic, you know, type of laws, that this person who is so desperate to gain that footholds that he seemed, this power that he has, seems that they would do anything. And so to me, it falls in line with I don't know, can I say coonery? Is that allowed? Is that is
0: I mean, yeah.
3: <laughs> I just felt like, okay, so this is someone who is has been given power, who feels like they want to keep it by whatever means. And if that appeals to him to say, oh, let's shoot down protesters in the street, then let's do that. And that's a little bit of evil that also is um, just chilling.
0: Oh, yeah. But a tale is old as time. Yeah. How personal was this story to you? Did you draw from experiences in your own life in order to write it?
3: I mean, you know, at a, at a base level, if you are a <laughs> black woman who lives in America, you have right. consciously or unconsciously experienced um, prejudices and racism against you. So, you know, it's, it's easy in that way. But for me, I just thought, what would be the most terrifying thing? And the most terrifying thing is to go through life. Not being able to believe in what you believe in, being attacked for what you believe in, and then being killed for what you believe in. And whether, you know, whether you think Jaya at the end dies or doesn't die or, you know, that's a little bit, I've left a little bit ambivalent, but it's, it's terrifying and, and it's real. It's what happens every day in this country.
0: Polls show that large majorities of Americans support Black Lives Matter in their aim of eliminating police violence against black people specifically. Yet Trump is doing everything he can, it seems like, to stir up a racist reaction. How do you think that's going to play out for him in 2020?
3: I think it might work in his favor. I think that the people who support him, regardless of countless evidence that he is not who he says he is, he does not have the intentions for this country that he has said that he has. I think that despite all of that, these people have like, you know, bought in and now they're like, I have to, I have to, you know, it's like a bad investment that you've put all of your money into, but to take it out would be detrimental to not just your economic wealth, but also your pride. When I think that Americans Mm -hmm. cannot suffer damage to their pride, it's like almost like the worst thing that could happen. So unfortunately, all of the discourse that he's doing is working in his favor. But I'm hoping that the people who are now becoming more awake to the situation mm-hmm. will, you know, use the power that they have and the privilege that they have to enact some different course than where it looks like we're heading for, for 2020.
0: Mm. I hope that <laughs> you are not right. I, but I, we'll I mean, see. Same, super same. You know, I know, same. But we'll see what happens. It's really interesting. Thank you, Dentil W. Moniz. Thanks for your story, and thanks for coming on The Chronicles of Now.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You can read my full interview with Dontil W. Monisse on our website, chronicles.fm, where you can also read the story you just heard and other short fiction torn from today's headlines. Our sound designer and composer is Bart Warshaw. Our producer is Curtis Fox, and our associate producer is Emily Rostick. Tyler Cabot is the executive producer and founder of Chronicles of Now. For Pushkin Industries, our executive producer is Letal Malad. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Carly Migliori, Heather Fain, and Eric Sandler. For the Chronicles of Now podcast, I'm Ashley Ford. Thanks for listening.
1: Enter now at T-Mobile.com slash awards See you there. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch
2: um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling, because I was like, this is this is not right. How
1: can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover... The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcasts show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus.